Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a walk with the guests, take a little wander into their life. This week, I'm stomping with businesswoman, author, broadcaster, and philanthropist, Katie Piper, OBE. Katie's an incredibly inspiring person. Over 10 years ago, she set up the Katie Piper Foundation, for which she received her OBE for services to charity in 2022. She is honestly just the most warm and kind, authentic person. There's so much that you can learn from her, and I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode today. As well as her campaign work, she's a regular panelist on Loose Women and recently released her new documentary series, Jailhouse Mums, which is certainly hard-hitting, it's real, it's raw, and I honestly think even just hearing about it, you're going to realise how important this issue is. You'll hear about this later on. Katie's ultimate passion is to give voices to those who are unseen in society. And she does the most incredible job of bringing issues that perhaps people feel difficult or awkward to talk about into the realm of conversation. I'm excited for this conversation today because, as I've said, this person is someone I really respect. I'm also excited for us to delve into topics around how skin and identity work, Are we too embarrassed around skin in this society? Is it embarrassing to say that we're worried about our skin or that we have an issue? How do we find good sources of information, credible voices to listen to, and how do we own our own skin? This is gonna be a cracker. Let's get started. Let's wonder which way should we go? What kind of loop? Let's go flat. Let's yeah. go flat. That's a good idea. Obviously, I've um, worn the best shoes to go walking in. Well, good. Yeah, you really, <laughs> they I are my comfy shoes. Actually, yeah, and I've got. So. Look at these. Quite cool. They're like the. Yeah, these nice. are these are like um, almost a Chelsea boot that's disguised, or no, it's a welly boot that's disguised as a Chelsea boot. I was going to say it's like a do rubber. Like yeah, I do because you've got the look to go with your outfit, yeah. but you're not going to get wet toes. Where well, are the they person from? with such fashion, I'm quite pleased that you like them. <laughs> um, these are from Fitflop, actually. Are they and really? actually, these these are a woman's boot. But oh, they didn't okay. do a men's version, but I, I've not got the biggest feet. There's a fun fact for you guys on the stomp cast. Okay. I've not got the biggest feet. They're like nine and a half, and I could get a size in these. And I thought, That's well, these are what I want. Good, yeah. It's perfect, isn't it? Because it's not quite today is a kind of sunny, nice day. Um, it's a beautiful day. There's a bit of like dew on the ground. So I want to wear like a boot, but I don't want a full on welly boot today. Yeah, this is a good compromise. Do you know what I'm obsessed with? And my husband, he absolutely detests it. I love a croc. And I know, like, NHS, oh, yeah. they love a croc. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. I love a croc. I'm glad we're starting on this uh, topic. <laughs> so I'm really sure. I'm five foot two. Yeah. And crocs have now brought out high-heeled crocs, oh, like chunky cool. heels. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm into like a high-heeled croc when I'm running around with my kids and stuff. See, so. the problem is, is that I always get these things that are, are fashionable when they're not fashionable. Yeah, so no, I was wearing I'm like crocs that. when they were really, really, like people talk about that word, is it the ick these days? <laughs> like I was wearing them when they were icky to wear. Well, it was a theatre shoe, wasn't it? Yeah, well, exactly. I was like, I don't care. Well, yeah. actually, I'll be honest, I did also used to wear them casually as well. Okay. I had a pair of like Disney crocs to wear casually. Oh, wow. Don't know if I should even admit that. I don't know. But they're comfortable. I like them. So yeah. I, like, I don't care. Comfort is king. But is if you true? were. Well, it's, I think so, and I think if you were early, then you were the trendsetter because uh -huh. you're not late to the party. So, so it must be you? everyone so... else following my trend. Exactly. That's what I'm sure that everyone listening will uh, believe that. Well, <laughs> welcome, Katie, to the Stompcast. It's brilliant to have you on, and it is such a, it is genuinely such a beautiful day. I feel really, really positive and excited for our walk together. How, yeah. how are you? Yeah, I'm really good. I think I'm one of those people where the weather and the season definitely mm. affects me. Um, not to say I don't love sort of winter and autumn. I love mm. the fashion and all the layers and the coats. But yeah, I think when you look around us now, we've got a beautiful view, blue skies, mm -hmm. green grass, and it's October. Yeah, you know, that indeed. is quite unheard of. And I'm actually just about clinging on to wearing a t-shirt as well. It's a yeah. little bit warmer. Apparently <laughs> it's supposed to be nearly 20 degrees on the weekend. Which yeah, sound a bit I heard things, that, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the, the weather makes a huge difference to, to how we feel, doesn't yeah. it? And when you have a crisp day like this, I think especially in the winter, when it's a sunny winter's day, autumnal day, I feel like I appreciate those days even more. Yeah. You feel like it's a real treat, don't you? You have a bit more gratitude because you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm buying extra time here. This yeah. is like a longer summer. And I mean, I'm a morning person because I've got young kids mm -hmm. and you definitely feel different waking up in the pitch black. Mm -hmm. I think you have to sort of push slightly harder to energize yourself, you mm -hmm. know? Do you, when you're kind of out having a, a stomp and a wander and we're walking, you know, amongst the English countryside here, do, do you, does gratitude come into your mind as you're, you know, actively, do you practice kind of gratitude when you're walking or is it more like, oh, I'm here in this moment, wow, I'm really grateful for this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, whenever I feel free, I experience extreme gratitude and freedom looks different for everybody at different times in their life. So being able to, you know, put one foot out of the door and do this. It doesn't cost you anything to go mm. for a walk. Mm. There's, it's one of the activities that's more inclusive to everybody. Yeah. There's no barriers. There was a time we weren't allowed out more than once a day. Yeah. So that definitely kind of added to that. And I, I think my life is quite busy. So I often walk with purpose. So it will be like, I have to walk the kids to school. So we'll choose that option instead of driving when we can. Um, if I work from home, I try and do Zooms with headphones on and go for a walk. Mm. When I run errands, instead of driving, I try and walk to the post office. So I'll consciously build walking into a busy day. And the same, you know, if I'm in central London, I will walk to different meetings and carry my trainers with yeah. me and stuff like that. You sound so much like me with that. I do try <laughs> and look at stuff. If I, if I look at the Google Maps, other maps are available and then I, <laughs> then I look at it and I go can I walk it can I feasibly yeah. walk it is there a route that means I get my get my steps in I feel like I see it as like dopamine each step is like a dopamine hit for me yeah I, I just really get a sense of feeling good when I'm out walking and if I have a day that's say it's absolutely raining sideways and it's storming whatever and I don't get as many steps in I just find a little I, I feel that sense of being a bit like deflated well yeah I'm the same and sometimes things like public transport can make me more anxious like the tube and that's things true. and a walk between meetings sort of you decompress mm. you clear your head you get ready and I also know if I don't get it done during the day or in the morning the evenings are a write-off for me because I'm doing practical stuff with the kids around mm. the house, 
prepping for the next day at work. So the evenings are finished, it's over. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's this kind of like that real decompression. People talk about like um, bookending of the day, isn't it? Start your day with movement, yeah. like a walk and end your day with it as well, because it kind of contains that stress or the kind of working day inside a period of a yeah. time. I find that quite, quite helpful actually. Well, listen, we, we, we met, I think the first time we, we spoke was actually, speaking of lockdown and things, it was over Zoom for your podcast. Yeah, it? and I didn't realise that because I thought surely we met in person at something before that. I'm trying to remember if we did. Do you know, because I, I met you, I can't remember if I've met you in person before or after we have, but you know, like, I think especially at that time with things like the pandemic, don't you find that memories are very strangely stored? Yeah, I find it's memories weird. oddly filed in my head. I can't quite put, I couldn't tell you what happened when during the pandemic. Trauma, yeah. Yeah, maybe I get Yeah. Trauma. But it's kind of like, it's such an odd, it's a really odd time because I feel like we almost stepped out of like normal time lapsing. People call it like skip, like almost a skip effect that we've kind of like, time before boom and you jumped to the time I after. I think you're and right like, yeah. Do you feel like that? I definitely feel like that and then any connections you did make so like we connected on Zoom mm -hmm. in my memory feels like a deeper stronger connection For sure. because we were struggling to connect with people mm -hmm. you know probably the day I spoke to you I'd probably had the company of my husband and kids for the mm -hmm. last six weeks and they're like another person <laughs> <laughs> stay on the Zoom. You obviously appreciate your company and family <laughs> yeah. hugely but I completely I get you kind of to have the opportunity almost like yeah speak to other people i think as human beings that connection is, is so important and, it, and, and actually when you're talking about going out for the walks maybe it's yeah you know wandering to the post office or it's an errand or it's going to a meeting you have all these micro connections that you make along the way so yeah. you might buy a coffee or you bump into that you speak to the postman or woman in, in the office or it, there's all those opportunities that in the pandemic you're robbed of that hugely like it was basically stripped back to kind of I guess your macro connections either people that are yeah. in your life embedded in your life but those little interactions with people that are almost strangers are actually so are really you important. a talker to, are you a good morning to strangers person? I, I, I am I try to be I, I yeah. actually even in I'm central not, London I, I not all the time not to everyone yeah but in the park in the right settings like yeah. if I'm walking around uh, Batsy Park then I'll be like hey you know, to people that say they're neighbours, or even people I don't really know, but I know they live round there. Yeah, you see the same dog walkers. Like, 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 yeah, or like, yeah. you because know, Rolo will go and talk to every dog in there, and then you get chatting to the owners, and you think, actually, it's such a nice part of your day. Yeah. You know, and often that little interaction where you said hello to someone, or someone smiled at you, you feel really good about it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I think that, well, it's what you just mirror their behaviour as well, yeah. don't you? Like, if somebody's rude and scowls, it puts you in a bad mood. And I think you're right, if you exchange even small talk, it just kind of lifts you. But there's some places it's, like, bad etiquette, I think. Like, central, it, La well, central London, if, if somebody starts talking to you in central London, you think, like, it's kind of different to, say, like, the countryside and dog walking, yeah. you know? It's just funny, because my parents come up from West Wales, they're trying to talk to everyone. I was like, Dad, you really <laughs> just can't, like, talk to everyone. I know you're, a, like, you're, you love it, you're a well which means you automatically Wales. want to talk to everyone but yeah if you talk to everyone they're going to assume that you're tr literally trying to steal from them yeah. or sell them something that's the other one as well if someone says hello to you in the street they're like oh they must be trying to frog us <laughs> something here and they put their head down but he yeah. he, he, he really wants to connect with people yeah, and, and yeah. talk to them and i do i do think that's something that the post pandemic space you do have to work a bit harder to teach yourself or retrain yourself perhaps yeah. to, to connect as much with people. But there is something about walking which I welcome where it can actually be quite a solitary thing. Mm. So like, I will really enjoy walking That's alone. A good point. Yeah, and, and, That's and a good point. no headphones, yeah. sometimes just in silence and trying to process things mm. because I always find in my job, um, 
although lots of it's face to face, also a lot of it is like comms on mm. email, WhatsApp, social media, and it, it's at the end of your fingers. So to go and walk alone sometimes stops you being reactive and yes. you can slow down and actually think about things mm. before like jumping to conclusions. That's a really and good point. And, and I guess the point, uh, the, the thing around perspective as well, like sometimes when you're in the heat of the moment or something, maybe you're worried about something, it seems like a bigger problem than perhaps it is when you go outside for yeah. a walk like, ah, and you walk, come back, yeah. you know, and, and the other one is um, allowing like distance in terms of time that they say, um, you know, sleep on it is a great phrase because often true, you sleep yeah. on something and the next day, like either the, uh, like the path becomes clear of what you need to do or perhaps the obstacle in the way doesn't feel as big. Save that email to drafts. And then in the morning... Is that what you do? Do yes. you save in the drafts? Save in the drafts. That's a top tip, that is. And if you still mean it the next day, then send it. That's and a really good Same point. with WhatsApp. Save those replies in the notes section. And if you're still that person eight hours later, then send it. Yeah, and I guess with things... You know, I, I, I'm a big believer in this, and I've been doing this for a little while. But, you know, thinking on things for 24, 40 hours before making a decision sometimes, if yeah. it's like... I guess either to get involved in something or not to get involved in a campaign or might be like a decision when you want to go, I don't know, oh, do I want to go to this social event or not? You know, perhaps those things take less time. But giving a bit of distance, just also like a bit of time. Most of the time, things don't need to be decided there and then, do they? We feel like they need to it's be. It's societal pressure of mm. I WhatsApped you at Blue Ticked or yeah. can you do this, can you not? We need to know now. And you think, like 10 years ago, we just didn't communicate like that. No. And they're just, can you imagine inviting someone to something and one asking why they haven't replied five minutes later? <laughs> like, it just, yeah. We just weren't set up like that. Does you know? Blue Tick exist anymore on WhatsApp? I thought it doesn't anymore. Because they you can change you used it, to see when you? people are on, I've definitely got rid of Because you used to be able to see if someone was online and whether they'd read it. It's just such a, that's, if you think about that now, perhaps when it started, we thought that was like a very normal thing. I think that's quite unhealthy I think you've got good boundaries I think oh gosh otherwise everyone's always uh, you're online oh he hasn't replied and they think that you're being rude but you might be like well yeah. probably are busy or you are actually taking time for yourself which you're entitled to right just doesn't feel a very healthy thing to me well it, it comes with this thing of like entitlement doesn't it if you're online you should be engaging with me and I think we do have to go backwards slightly with that that form of like communicating with each other I mean I have a rule like with people I work with we don't message each other past like Friday. We leave mm. for the weekends, we mm. clock out. Lots of the women and men I work with have families and or they volunteer and have other commitments outside of work. So we're quite good with that kind of boundary. I think giving people the space to be their best self or whatever they need outside of work also allows them to bring the best self to work as well, doesn't it? It's yeah. kind of the boundaries benefit everyone involved, not just that person. And even in a actually even in a relationship or friendship sense as well, it's all it's give and take and it's push and pull in terms of like sometimes you've got the energy to give, other times you need to pull back and yeah, you definitely. know be restorative so that you can give that friend or partner the energy that they need and deserve, isn't it? I mean, I do make myself laugh though because I'm like, yep, these are great boundaries. I'm not going to use my phone and contact work people. And then at the weekend, I'm watching someone clean a sink with a new drain <laughs> cleaner, and I'm like, okay, this is definitely. <laughs> Not a good use of my time with yeah. my phone. But. Yeah, it's kind of, it, I think, I do think there's a bit of a, it's something I've been thinking about is that also amongst boundaries, the whole point of boundaries or like thinking of work, like balances in life is that you, that you are compassionate yourself and you don't kind of 
it's done for your own well-being but then if you become too strict with it you can actually start almost punishing yourself because you're thinking you're not doing it and well, then yeah, there's got to be flexibility in it and give yourself a bit of a it's break. almost another thing that you can fail at exactly so it's a exactly. weird one isn't it I, I suppose it's like having your parameters of like this is me and this is what I'm comfortable with yeah but then not being religious about it to yourself that if you don't adhere to it you've somehow messed up Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, listen, I mean, we, we originally talked, obviously, on the <laughs> during the panel, I literally still think it's crazy, really, that you know how you know we were doing podcasts that time over mm. Zoom, and that's actually become a very normal thing. You know, yeah. the pleasure of having someone in person is is amazing. But you know, we we've both been working on a campaign. We're ambassadors uh, for Roche Posay, a brand that I know we both love. Yeah, I've been using the products for years, and you know, I genuinely really love what they do. And the campaign that we're we're doing at the moment is Skin Heroes. That's um, right. Yeah, it's a brilliant which is campaign. such a great campaign and you know and I'm sure I speak for both of us you know it's really really nice when you're able to do something in your life that you feel passionate about that's work but also actually has a very important message and and meaning Uh, and and I'm and I'm and I mean that to its deepest sense it's something I'm very passionate about well what does when you think of the skin heroes campaign what do you think like the most important thing is that we're trying to achieve with it or what does it kind of mean to you um well first of all I'm really proud to be one of the La Roche-Posay skin heroes because that's not a word that would have been attached to my skin sort of five ten years ago um you know, for anyone that doesn't know my story, I've, I have facial disfigurement. I was badly burnt when I was in my 20s. Um, and my kind of journey with La Roche-Posay products is I was introduced to them by one of my own skin heroes, a, a physiotherapist who was t- treating my skin. Um, so I used the brand before I'd met the brand, if that makes sense. Um, and, you know, I was like born in the 80s, formative years were in the 90s when skin adverts were not just people with what you would call perfect skin, but Mm. they were airbrushed, you know, you didn't Mm. see pores on people's Mm. faces. And when you were young, you just assumed... That was normal. It was normal and that you were Almost what I describe as 150% skin. Yeah. Just beyond, 100% is actually the maximum if you're absolutely going to define something that's absolutely, I'm putting my fingers up here to say, perfect. But it's beyond that, isn't it? It's 150%, 200% skin. flat skin. And I remember really sad things in my, like, teens when I was very young and naive. And I remember looking at billboards and ma- it was print media, like magazines mm. back mm-hmm. then, and seeing these poorless skinned women and thinking, God, I'm so ugly because I've got all these holes in mm. my face, which actually was just how my skin secreted oil. And <laughs> kind lived of quite and, important. Yeah, yeah. existed <laughs> yeah. And, and really not understanding that. So, yeah, I feel really proud. You know, if you see um, my pictures of La Roche-Posay mm. there, they're not airbrushed, they're not edited, they're very close up. And I think... It's kind of of its first, it's of its own, because I don't think 
you know, things have got a lot better, but we don't see that very often. So I suppose my sort of skin story isn't about, oh, I use this product and mm. I'm no longer scarred or burned. My, mm. my skin story is probably a journey of acceptance. And like any journey, it's not linear, it's kind of up and down. And it was about sort of practicing, going back to that conversation around gratitude. You know, skin is the biggest organ in the body. And I love my skin because mm. it saved my life. Mm. And it was really coming like full circle with sort of saying, right, I need you to save my life. I need you to do big things to me. I need you to recover. And then realizing, well, hold on a minute. There's a bit of personal responsibility here. I need to do the right things. I need to have the right products, the right diet, the right sleep, good mental health. Mm. And then I need to realize what it's done for me and, and thank it. So yeah, I've had a, a long journey, I think, with my skin. Mm. And it's probably still ongoing as well. Mm. Do you know, it's, you, you are, you know, long before I knew you, I, I always thought, wow, this person's such an inspiration. You have such a, an inner warmth inside you. And like, a, you know, when they talk about um, young souls and old souls, like yes. you have that feeling that you kind of, you've got that warmth and wiseness from you. And like when you speak about things like that so eloquently, like you hit things, oh, I don't know, it's, it's really hard to kind of put the words on it, but in such a way that, I don't know, it's really quite, it drives emotion in yourself quite a lot when you listen to it. And I think, yeah, when it comes to our own bodies, people often at the time, in lots of different ways, very hard on themselves, hard on their bodies. Perhaps sometimes we even blame things like our own skin for perceived, say, imperfections or yeah. issues. And rather than loving ourselves and being grateful for the roles that it plays that you mentioned, for example, like the pores in your skin and so on, we end up actually going, getting angry and frustrated at it. You know, obviously a completely different scenario to what you've described, but when I was at school, I've had acne a lot of my life, and um, I think acne in men is something that's perhaps, people say, I'll just get on with it, you know, kind of thing. It's not, it's not seen the same way, but it did really, you know, affect me in my younger years, uh, in terms of I was like bullied for my spots, and you know, I would, cry before school go, oh God, I'm so yeah. frustrated with it. Because I get angry, I'd be, tears of frustration, I'd be so annoyed. Yeah, it would I'm like, why are you doing your this? Life. It's, not, it's not just about yeah. the surface. You, you get know? annoyed at your skin. You know? like, yeah. I was like, I was annoyed at it. Why, is it. why is it kind of doing this? And you look back and think that's, that's not the way to, to Well, that's all about it, I guess. losing control, isn't it? And mm. I suppose when you find a skincare routine that you stick to consistently, that helps your problems, mm. then you feel in control mm. and then self-esteem returns and, and anxiety and anger kind of simmers away. Um, but yeah, I think you're right about people sort of feeling, I suppose, angry at and let down at their body. And I think when we talk about skin issues, what you, people don't realise is so many people have different skin issues. And what people will do to me, which is so wrong, is they will diminish their own problem. Mm. They will say, oh, I have this thing in my skin, and it might be childhood acne, eczema, psoriasis. And they'll always start it with, oh, it's nothing compared to what you went through. And I always think, don't do that, because it's everything. Like, you went through something that hindered formative years, and it shapes who you are. And, when things affect our social interactions, our mental health, our sleep, like they are relative to us and huge problems. Mm. So I think you should never be dismissive of what you're going through. Because also you can end up, and I think there's a thought process that by diminishing one's own struggle, that perhaps that alleviates the other person's struggle. But that's not true. Two it's things not, can coexist and you can be respectful of other people's yeah. 
things is kind of I talk about a lot in mental health as well as I think a really big problem I see it a lot amongst men, men but I think it happens to, to everyone as people go well it's wrong that I'm struggling I'm feeling severely depressed because that person has got way less than me or they faced worse so they traumas or they've had things and then actually that feeds into yeah. the depression and actually feel worse by it when it's like well actually when you look at it to a you should never compare your journey to other people because you've, you've got yeah. even to a, to a molecular level you're different and your lives are different and so on but also a multiple things can coexist i you know this journey is absolutely valid as is yours mm -hmm. but by going into that thought process you're actually making things worse for you well, that yeah. you're feeling worse by validating you're right feeling i that feel this way aren't you? yeah you're, it, it actually feeds into the yeah. Into that self-hate uh, at times. I mean, I'm not sure I even subscribe or buy into this idea of somebody being an inspiration because, like, you know, I've got to know you, you've been through a lot, your family's been through a lot, and I'm sure, like me, you do a job where you meet people all the time who've really triumphed in the face mm. of adversity. Absolutely. And it's not like that person made a choice. Sometimes being brave is all that's mm. sort of left, and I, and I think it's deep inside each and every one of us. But until you get to this good foundation place of self-belief and consistency in all these areas of your life, you don't find that resilience mm. deep within you. But when we put individuals on pedestals and say, are they, are they different to me? They've got something in them. It's like, no, it's in you too. And, it, and I suppose what you can learn from those stories that might inspire you is don't let it have to come to a point where it's something traumatic or awful to find those qualities. Mm. Know that they mm. are there and that you can rely mm. on them whenever you want. I know what you're saying and, and I absolutely get what you're saying, but I think you're incredibly humble. And I think what, what if you look beyond the obviousness of what you know, you've overcome, what you've, you've been through, I think what is the most, for me anyway, things I think so inspirational about you and one thing I really take away from you is your ability to also, despite that, look into another someone else's position and have empathy for them. And I think that is that isn't an easy thing to do. To be able to like, you know, look around you and look for that. I think I'm a others. people person though. Like I, even though I talked about solitary, mm. you know, walking, being alone. I, if you said to me, even when I was younger, you know, what do you yeah. want to do for a living? I always wanted to be connected to people. Mm. Like I like, I, I wouldn't like to have the same colleagues every day in the same office. I like to go out and about and have different people that I interact with from all walks of life. I find that interesting and exciting mm. and fulfilling. Do you feel that you're in some ways an empath then? From what you're saying, do you, do, you feel, do you take on board a lot of what other people feel? Do you find that you look at someone and, you know, you know, classically you sit on the tube, you, look, you can look in someone's eyes and know they feel pain. Do you feel that you take that with you? I'm probably just really nosy and I'm like, you know, we're here in a park now and I look around and think, I wonder why they're here, I wonder what they're doing. So I have a, like a curiosity yeah. and an interest in people. Um, I just think what happened to me is I had a really different 20s to most sort of young 20 year old mm. women and I experienced um, things that I wasn't necessarily prepared for but I also had a great recovery in some areas of my life so I still remember what it's like to be burdened with certain things that I'm now free of sure. so sometimes you can see people that are still burdened with those things it might be chronic it might be lifelong so I suppose I've sort of become more broad-minded I think I was much more selfish but when I was younger and didn't understand that. And I think without sounding cliche, it's literally just age and life experience that mm. changes that. And I did this really instant rapid growing up in my 20s almost overnight, you know. So again, it's when you look for sort of 
positive things in, in traumatic situations. They're some of the things you can draw out and say, well, I wouldn't have had those experiences if it wasn't for that period in my life. Mm. Do you think that in some ways, I often wonder this, I ask myself this question, is that was this always inside you or did the situation make you this way? It's like often, like, you know, we talked about when I was on your podcast, like about my brother, like I, I, people say, like, how do you survive? Or how did you... Could you, or how do you do this stuff now? So, well, what is the other option? You know, like it makes you, you if, I don't know whether it brings it out of you or the situation makes you like develop in a certain way. Yeah. I don't really know whether, yeah, is it, or is it kind of innate? Is it just something that's happened and I've, it's brought out of me? Does that make sense? I don't yeah. really make a lot of well, sense it, there. Yeah, because you, you, you can't really answer it, can you? Because it's all hindsight and it's like, I actually hate those questions of like, what would mm. you say to your younger self? Write a letter to your younger self. And I just think, my younger self would look at me and be like, I'm not listening to that old woman because my <laughs> younger self was young. <laughs> and it, but it's true, isn't it? I didn't expect you to say that. But that you know, when I'm 40... I'm not listening to it. No, I'm 40 next Whatever. week. And when I was teens and 20s, I saw someone who was 40 mm. as at the end of their life. Like, it was so old. <laughs> Is this bad? So, I used to think 30s was like you had to be married and kids at 30s. Yeah, so I'm 32. And a knitted cardigan with stains oh God, on. Yeah. And like, yeah, so my younger self wouldn't even listen to my older self. Mm. And it, if I reversed it and could go back and tell my younger self something, it would be like, keep doing everything you're doing, enjoy your life, because with age comes responsibilities, dependence, you know, and, I, and you don't have all that when you're young. So I don't, again, I don't subscribe to sort of going back to history, rewriting, changing, because live in the present moment, you were who you were mm. then, and that's fine. Like, we, I think as society, we get obsessed with like, mm you know, regret, giving ourselves advice, would have, should have, could have, like, that was just the present moment and you existed and reveled in it, like, it's okay. Do you know a really odd thought I had then is you're saying now, say, in your 40s, looking back to say, I don't know, your late teens and 20s, but isn't it odd to think that we might have similar thoughts when we're 80 looking back? Isn't that an odd thought to think yeah. you might look back and think, I tell her, I'm not going to listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right though, I think... Yeah, I think it's absolutely. It's an odd thought, isn't it, to think that we will have, there are yeah. things that we have not le yet learned and experiences we've not yet had, perhaps, that you will look back on and they will, you'll think, oh, well, I made that, this, you know, this, this or that or the other. But I guess that's the beauty of life, isn't it? Bloody boring if you remove all those Yeah, things. well, I, I think ageing has really had an effect on the way I dress, travel, decisions I make in, in the opposite where I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should wear that skirt. My knees are looking old. And I'm like, there might be a day when your knees really are on the floor when you're 80. Who cares? Or, or you, or That's you... why, listen, I've been wearing my Crocs and stayed yeah. off. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, just wear what you want to wear yeah. because there really will be a day when there's that yeah. barrier. And when I'm trying to make decisions or want to travel or do stuff, and especially becoming a parent, like you sort of look at your kids and think they'll never be this young mm. ever again. Mm. So I've probably become more outlandish and more experimental with age which is mm. sometimes the opposite for some people they become less mm -hmm. well they become more aware of risk and danger with mm. age don't they so yeah that's that is an injury i think you talk about it with um or you sorry hear people talking about it with things like skiing you know they say, oh go skiing when you're really young because then yeah. you become too fearful and stuff with age perhaps yeah perhaps it does make you more con cautious until you get to the point where you realize Perhaps I need to live, <laughs> make sure living Although happens. I am the coat holder when we go to theme parks. I just stand and hold everyone's I coats. I see, you're yeah. not allowed, I'm not going out there. I think that everyone's allowed to have their limits. You can, you're like, I'm going to choose this parameter to be a bit wild and free, and I'm not yeah. going to do it in, in that parameter. I think that's perfectly allowed. <laughs> I think at that point would bring us to the end of part one. I get a nod okay. from Charlie. It's an absolute glorious it's boiling, day. It's it? a boiling, glorious day. <laughs> 
guys, I hope you've enjoyed part one. We'll see you again for part two. Um, see you soon and yeah, stomp away, goodbye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.